Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we'll introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. We also have a special interview for this episode. I am Allie Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Before we dive into our main story, we're going to start off the episode with a weird thing we discovered this week. Okay, so our producer, Maria, actually brought this to our attention. She's an avid listener of Art Bell. Why don't you go, why don't you go ahead and tell us, Maria? <laughs> yeah, Maria, just... <laughs> well, I've been a fan of Coast to Coast AM for a long time. That's uh, great. <laughs> thanks so much. Um, but before, now George Norrie hosts it, but back in the day, Art Bell did, and now they, like, filter calls right like they screen calls Mm -hmm. but back when art bell did it he just did it from his like trailer in like the middle of nevada where no one could get to him basically and he was just broadcasting from 10 p.m to 2 a.m every night so we'd get all these people calling in and telling about their experiences with like aliens and ghosts and government conspiracies and stuff and so i hadn't heard this call you guys brought this call to my attention and actually there's a radio station on the tune in app that you can listen to just um, the Art Bell radio station. So sometimes oh. at night, I just put it on while I go to sleep. Oh and it's God, just amazing. old episodes. Oh, that's really cool. Great. But um, yeah, so then you guys brought this call to my attention, which is so creepy. Go ahead. So it's from 1997. He got a call from a man who was like frantic and claimed he worked at Area 51. It sounds real to me 100%. Yeah, I'll play some of it now online you're on the air hello hello art yes hi um i i 
I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're, they're going to um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of of, of military establishment, particularly the Area 51, uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable okay and right here they lose tran they lose the transmission. Yeah, he starts sobbing and then the transmission gets lost. I, I started getting So the transmission's lost right here, like two minutes into the call. And so there's nothing, and so they go back to just like here, but he lost all transmit capability on this end. Here in Nevada. The transmitter went belly up suddenly for some unknown reason. I've never seen it do this in all the years, all the years that we've been on the air. I have never seen the transmitter in this way just simply fail, a massively fail, like a massive heart attack of some kind. And so we have gone to a backup system to get the signal to you right now, and I presume it is getting to you right now. So that... That's so crazy. The first time ever his system totally just, like, exploded. Absolutely, the government or aliens just busted that. And that guy, like, his voice was shaking. Yeah, even the Meryl Streep couldn't do that. No. Amount of fear. He said, well, he said he got discharged for a medical, for medical reasons, like, yeah. a week prior. And was basically like, the government knows about aliens and they're not doing anything about it. Yeah. But, like, that's the, that's a crazy person talking, like... He's oh. scared out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's like a a mental break, like a psychotic sure, break. Sure, yeah. Or if he knows stuff and is trying to tell the world and yeah. is so scared. I mean, that that's terrifying. That's like one of the famous calls from Art Bell, but also weird that the system just kind of... Yeah, I mean, that's a big... Right before he was about to reveal all these secrets about aliens. Yeah, and then it just goes bust. Yep makes no sense that's crazy i believe any him. way to find him like what would be like to find the caller yeah i wonder did he say his name no he did not say his name i don't believe so 
But I read on something that there was another caller like a week later claiming to, to be, be him. Yeah. Oh. And saying it was a hoax, but apparently it didn't sound like him at all. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, him. that could have been anybody. Hmm. <laughs> that could have been. That could have been, anyway. been anybody. <laughs> that could have been anyone. Huh. Yeah, that should be our next. Yeah, we, we'll look into that and see what we can find. Area that's, 51, the frantic caller. Yeah, that's weird. Oh! <gasps> What? <laughs> what did you find? The date he called was September 11th, 1997. What? I know, Sept- I know September 11th, the September 11th wasn't in 1997, but it's just weird that he called on a September 11th, right? Kind of. That is weird. It's just a weird date. That's weird. When was 9-11? 2001? <laughs> wow. So that's four you years. You forget. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. I'm so sorry uh that's weird crazy well we should look more into this yeah, and see if we can find this we guy find that guy put that on the to-do I mean, list he's probably dead by now seriously well if you know anything about this <laughs> email us webcrawlerspod at gmail.com tweet us at webcrawlerspod or send us an instagram dm at webcrawlerspod or if you are the guy if you are him call us know, call us Melissa, what's your phone number? Two six. <laughs> I'm not giving out my phone number. Uh, we should, we almost get, we should get a hotline, though. We that should get a hotline. Oh, yeah, the big ones has we a hotline. We have a hotline, so we should get you guys a hotline. Yeah, put that on the to do list, too. Yeah. Click, clack, clunk, beep, bop, boop. Should we get on with the main app? All right, here's our main topic. <laughs> Here is our topic. Away we go. <laughs> Oh, boy. People from all over Zimbabwe were phoning the BBC to say, we've seen something weird. No wings, no nothing. Shiny over things. We saw this black figure running. Arrow School, 19th, September 94. I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on us. Well, Somehow there was a message about pollution from the way he was staring. Angels, yes. Extraterrestrials, no. People think you're crazy. In this episode, we're discussing the aerial phenomenon. It's a mass sighting of a UFO by 62 children at a primary school in Zimbabwe in 1994. They claimed that they saw an odd craft land behind the school and two strange beings got out. Some of the children even claimed to have telepathic communication with the beings. Was it a hoax, a case of mass hysteria, or a genuine encounter with aliens? Here are the facts. On September 16, 1994, at the Ariel Primary School in rural Zimbabwe, a group of children described seeing a silver disc-shaped craft land behind the school during the mid-morning recess. Some of the children reported seeing two strange beings approach the group. The students ranged in age from 6 to 12, and they had immediate and differing emotional reactions to the encounter. Some students said they were very excited, and they ran around the playground, while others stood spellbound watching this happen. Some children were curious, but others were frightened and started to cry. The students reported that the aliens wore shiny, tight-fitting black suits, had very thin arms and legs, and were about four feet tall. Initially, they had assumed that the beings they were seeing were students from a neighboring school, until the children noticed that the creatures had long, straight black hair, big oval black eyes like rugby balls, small nostrils, and a slit for a mouth, not exactly human. 
Additionally, the students reported that the beings seemed to have a scary, mean, and intimidating intent. The students were also asked to describe and draw pictures of the spacecraft they saw, which they reported was large and silver, with lights and a red stripe around the edge. They all did their drawings separately, but the images they depicted were the same. Some children reported telepathic communication with the beings who gave them messages about environmental destruction and overuse of technology. One girl said the aliens transmitted the message that, quote, we, humans, don't take care of the world or the air. And that due to this, all the trees will go down and there will be no air and people will die. Another girl said she felt scared and also sorry for the beings to the point of feeling love and compassion for them. According to original interviews, a fifth grader, Francis, said the aliens warned him about something that's going to happen and that pollution mustn't be. Another student, Emma, said, I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world and we mustn't get too technologied. Students ran back into the school to tell their teachers what just happened. One teacher said, They came running up in such a panic. Even if we had staged it, they could not have run altogether like that. As the story of a mass sighting gained traction, researchers from around the world traveled to Zimbabwe to interview the children. The students drew photos of what they saw and gave both individual and group interviews. One reporter said, the drawings were impressive. They were similar enough for me to acknowledge that the children were obviously seeing the same object and yet diverse enough to realize there had been no collaboration among them. Dr. John Mack, a Pulitzer Prize winning Harvard psychiatrist and professor, went to visit them and after his investigation, he concluded that none of the children were lying. In a BBC interview, he said, I would never say, yes, there are aliens taking people, but I would say there is a compelling, powerful phenomenon here that I can't account for in any other way. Yet I can't know what it is, but it seems to me that it invites a deeper, further inquiry. In his book, Passport to the Cosmos, he said it was quite possible that the protection of the Earth's life is at the heart of the abduction phenomenon. Because Mac investigated this case, Harvard wanted to take away his tenure, fire him, and launch an investigation into his psychological well-being. However, he was deemed fit to continue to teach. Was this an intimidation tactic to make him stop his research? And one more thing. They also tested the area for radiation, but it did not test positive. I'm pretty sure radiation is a UFO thing, I think. (laughs) Interestingly, a few days before the encounter, hundreds of Zimbabweans... Zimbabweans reported seeing bright flashing lights in the sky and hearing odd explosions. A mother and son veered while driving to miss a strange object in the road, and two pilots from Harar claimed that they saw what looked like a fireball with a tail. A filmmaker named Randall Nickerson was asked by the John Mack Institute if he would be interested in making a documentary. When he began to interview the children, who are now in their late 20s and early 30s, he realized this event continues to have a deep impact on many of their lives. Here are a few interviews of the children with Dr. Mack where they describe what they saw. It was scary myself. It was scary because you saw something yourself? Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw a little object hovering. It was quite big, actually, and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the lo- to the logs, and we saw a silver 
silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it. What was that blur feel like when he was looking at you? I felt scared. It, it felt scared? What was scary about it? No, I felt scared because I've never seen such a person like that before. What was the feeling when you looked at the eyes? Um, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And what, scary why? What made it scary? The eyes looked evil. The most interesting interview is with Lisa, where she's talking about the environmental telepathic messages she received. What I thought was maybe the, the world's gonna end, maybe they're telling us the world's gonna end. Well, why do you think they might want us to be scared? Because um, we, maybe because we never we don't look after the planet and the area properly. Is this an idea that uh, you have had before that we don't look after the planet properly in the air, or did this idea come to you when you had this experience? When I had this experience. When you, how did this idea come to you when you had this experience? I just felt all horrible inside. You felt horrible. At what point did you feel that? When you saw the craft or at, when you got home at night? Or... When I got home. Say more about that horrible feeling, Lisa. What was it like? It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down and, and there will be no air and people will be dying. One of the students, Emily Trim, talked about her experience in 2015. She would probably be in her late 20s, early 30s. Uh, she said, we heard a high-pitched frequency sound, saw a flash and a craft. It's really hard just to describe this at this point, so I don't know how long all this happened for. All I can tell you is that the two beings were hopping alongside Lisa and I, and they were curious. All of a sudden, they were in front of us, and we were frozen. Telepathic images started going across my face. It was just image after image after image. Another girl standing beside me got communication about the environment, but mine was more about technology uses. She also said that the incident still affects her to this day. She believes that she was given important messages. She paints and draws images. She feels are manifestations of the messages she received. And you found her Instagram. Yes, she posts all of her drawings and paintings on her Instagram. What was the vibe of it? The vibe was, I believe in UFOs and I'm going to paint <laughs> art to show the world. <laughs> okay, cool. We also looked up other mass UFO sightings in 1994, and it turns out the 90s were a popular time for unidentified flying objects. On March 8th, 1994, 60 people in Michigan... It wasn't me, I swear. I would have been 10 at the time. <laughs> ...called 911 and the National Weather Service to report a triangle with lights in the sky. There was also the Belgian UFO wave between 1990 and 1993. Reports of large, silent, low-flying black triangles were reported in and around Belgium, which were investigated by Belgium's military. We have an exclusive interview with someone who saw a UFO in 1992 in Switzerland, which is like a one-hour plane ride to Belgium. It's Melissa's husband, Martin. We get it, Melissa. You're married. Hello, I'm Martin Garrow. 
and I saw a UFO once, I guess, oh, is, uh, okay, hello, thank you, very nice to be here, <laughs> Melissa Stetton. Um, yeah, no, so I was probably uh, 12 or 13, and I was watching television one night, which is what I did, uh, um, well, it was what I do every night still in all my life, True. and um, uh, we had like a little, our TV room, I was living in Geneva, Switzerland at the time, and we had, our TV room was like this, like, uh, I don't know what, what you call it, but it would it, it's it's like um like a sunroom basically. It was all windows, right? Like it was off the house, and so you could see the sky from where we were watching TV at night. And at night, it was like a very clear sky with like the moon and stars and everything. And um, I remember remarking on, on that. And then I'm watching TV, and then I look up, and then the sky is like totally dark. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then um, and then I saw like a hard edge start to like reveal a clear sky behind it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what? So I walk outside and it's like a triangular shape, like just darkness in like it was just dark, like it had um, uh, and it was moving so slowly and was completely silent. And so I, I followed it into the street and then eventually um, just lost track of it because the the streets were very had super tall trees, and so as as I was zigzagging through, I, I just lost it and it was gone. Did anyone else see it, or was it just you? Yeah, no. And then the next day on the news, there was like you know it was like oh a UFO sighting across like you know France and 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 Germany and um, I don't know Germany actually, but 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 Belgium and and uh, Switzerland, which are all ge- geographically like pretty close. We so, know. So yeah. Uh, I looked it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So it was it was it was like really brief and um it was it was incredibly exciting. Oh my god. And wow. um um so yeah, it was like a it was like a big UFO sighting. Uh, it was not yeah. so the next day and cuz I thought I was like I was like, "Oh, I wonder it was just moving so purposefully." Because I, th- I thought I was like, oh, is it like a balloon? We lived very close to an airport at the time. Mm. And so I was used to seeing lots of things fly over the house, um, but nothing that was like it was so hard to tell how big it was. Right. Because it was completely black. And so, oh, like, what? do you know what I mean? Like, it was completely dark. <laughs> yeah. And so all you could only see it by the fact that it was uh, occluding the very bright stars and clouds and and moon around it. It didn't have any lights on it. I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like it 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 was the shape of those like triangle ones that have the three lights like that are right. famous. <laughs> but I I I don't remember seeing any light. Like it was devoid of light, which was what was remarkable about it. What was your emotional reaction to it? I was so excited because really? like as a kid, I remember like I used to sit out like looking for ufos yeah you know like i i i grew up during like the spielberg era of right. like you know like close encounters and et and like all that stuff and so really felt like oh gosh like i i remember like i used to have like a little log and would like look out and see so the fact that it would just happen <laughs> like oh, i was a real nerd <laughs> but the fact that it would just like happen out of nowhere and, um, you know, I told my parents and they were like, oh, it was probably like a, you know, whatever weather balloon or something. Right. Well, that's and I was they like, always say a fucking weather balloon. Yeah, I know. No, and my wasn't. dad did work for the government. So like he did right. the Canadian government. Oh, well, still. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he was maybe he knew about the testing that was going on. So it was it was thrilling. I mean, like, I don't think it was aliens. 
What do you think it was? I don't know. Some sort of weird aircraft, like secret aircraft or something. So you think it was like a government thing? Yeah, I do. I mean, like as a kid, I was like, maybe extraterrestrial. But now, like as an adult, I just feel like um, I don't think I don't think their aliens have been here. Really? I mean, I don't want to. I'm you sorry, tell guys. Kids that Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I would never. And are they listening to this podcast? They should not listen to this podcast. Huge demographic. Children, please stop listening to this podcast <laughs> if you still believe in Santa. Our demo is gigantic. Yeah. No, I mean, I just think it was. I think there are tons of unidentified flying objects, right. but I don't know mm-hmm. that they're aliens. You know, and I think now, especially. You know, this was back in the day where, like, not everyone had a camera with them at all times. Right. And so, like, I, I feel like governments maybe were a little freer with, like, yeah, let's take this thing up for a spin at night, even though, even sense. if it's over a populated area, because, like, what are the ch- like, no one's going to. And if it's a good picture, it'll be from a 1986 Pentax camera. Right. You know, it'll be like not. It won't be a good photo. So whereas now where everyone has like a great camera on their phone, basically everywhere in the world. Um, people have cameras on them at all times of varying degrees and suddenly like UFO sightings have gone way down. Well, yeah, because you can't show like a grainy <laughs> photo. It's like, what? You, were you just using an iPhone? Like an iPhone would be a better photo than this yeah. fucking grainy. But I remember like during the 80s, it wasn't a question of if it was like, I wonder when they're going to show up. Yeah, 100%. You know? And I just don't feel that anymore as an adult. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. You think we're alone in this world? I don't think we're alone, but I don't think I I think I don't think we've been visited. I could be wrong. You know, I think I like I'm I'm a big believer in like the work that like SETI is doing and stuff like that. Search for extra search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Right. Like it makes sense that if we encounter an alien race, it would probably be by hearing them over like great distances through a radio telescope as opposed around. to them suddenly. And look, we don't know. Any, I mean, everything we know about physics is like basically two or three hundred years old. Yes. So maybe it is possible that you can travel massive distances, you know, in a time that would be like worth traveling. Right. <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Boop, 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 boop. No matter what, you saw something that night. I saw something that night. It was so cool. It was so it was thrilling. Like it was like one of those moments where like all the hairs stand up on your body and you just like it was like so quiet and peaceful. And there was just like a real moment of like also just as a kid that always wanted to see a UFO. Like I couldn't believe there was like just a glee. And part of you was like, gosh, I wonder if they're going to take you, you know, like are they seeing me? Like am I being scanned or something like I will they land? Is this a possibility? So I was so disappointed when I lost them. Because I really, there was, you know, 30% of me was like, what if I, like, they land? And what if I see, you know, what if I am suddenly Richard Dreyfus? <laughs> and they're like, like a childlike wonder of alien yeah. stuff, which is yeah. also could go into the aerial phenomenon of like these kids maybe right. see something in the sky and you want to create a backstory for it. Yeah. yeah. You know? But I also think it's just like, that's what our brains do. Our brains create like extraordinary narratives to things right. because we that's, fill in holes. that's, we fill yeah. in holes. Right. And so like when we can't explain something, you know, it's like no fun to be like, you know, it was probably like a, a Belgium jet. <laughs> Yeah. A new Belgian right. stealth fighter or something. Because that's like, how boring. You right. know, or like a hot air balloon, like some sort of weird nighttime military hot yeah. air balloon. Because I think, like, intrinsically, <laughs> we're probably storytellers. So we'd rather have something that's, yeah. like, fantastical rather than, like. Yeah, it's way more exciting to tell people that I saw, like, a, a UFO than I, like, saw some sort of experiment that no one talked about. Totally. 
Well, thank you for coming on to tell us about that experiment that you saw in the sky that was unexciting. You're very welcome, and I'm sorry if this was a huge bummer and a letdown. It was perfect. <laughs> you can cut out the part where I don't believe it was aliens, if that's better. No, And no, just piece no. together like, I saw aliens. In it the sky. changed me fundamentally. There you go. So you can just use that part. Definitely. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now let's talk about our theories about the aerial phenomenon. First, do you believe in aliens, Melissa? I think is the main thing I'm curious about. Um, to a degree. <laughs> have you ever seen one or experienced a sighting? No, I have. I haven't seen any aliens. I haven't experienced UFOs or anything. I did see one thing in the sky once. Um, I was on an airplane. This is like ten years ago. And I remember I was sleeping, but I also had taken like Xanax at the time. So like so you were I, asleep and on drugs. And you saw so something. I remember waking up and I looked out the window and I see this like ball of light like zooming across the sky. What? And I remember like I looked to my left to like see if the guy sitting next to me saw it. And I was yeah. like, did you see? And he was like, had his headphones on and he was watching. And I was like, what the fuck was that? What did you think it was? Have you decided? I don't know. And then I like the more I went back to sleep, like the more I think about it, I was like, was that like a hallucination <laughs> hallucination from like drinking Bloody Marys and taking Xanax? I mean, it's highly possible or maybe you or saw a Or like UFO. an asteroid or a meteor. I don't think airplanes fly at the same height as asteroids. Well, <laughs> you weren't in right. a spaceship. It's not like it was like... <laughs> It's not like it was orbiting around the Earth like we were 30,000 feet in the air. Like Hawaii. So, yeah, that's like the only time where I think I saw something that I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, I wasn't like, oh, fuck, it's a UFO. It was like, huh. See, because aliens are the one thing I believe in literally everything, like astral travel, (laughs) ghosts, hauntings, exorcisms. Aliens are the one thing I have a problem with. Right. So that's why this stuff is hard for me. Yeah. But I want to believe in it really badly, what, as I want to believe in everything. What do you think 
happened to the kids? Okay, I found, well, there's two things. The 90s were a big time for alien abduction stuff. Oh, yes, X-Files. Yes, exactly. Okay, so a lot of technological things were happening in 1990s, especially 1994. For example... Netscape Navigator (laughs) got released in 1994. Interesting. (laughs) Yes. Um, JavaScript was created. The world's first satellite uh, digital television service launched. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how that seems weird. Um, But I read this. I like the satellite dishes. Maybe it's just satellite dishes. Okay. So, okay. And the European fighter aircraft Eurofighter made its inaugural test flight after 10 years of development. These are all things that happened in 1994. And additionally... Didn't Jurassic Park come out in 94? I'll tell you actually a list of (laughs) legitimate movies that came out in 1994. And a lot of them have to do with aliens. Like, I I literally wrote it down. Do you remember seeing the Fox's alien autopsy factor fiction? That was 95. Do you remember this guy who claimed he had footage of an alien? Yes. And it was they, in the National Enquirer. They aired it on TV. It was hosted by um, the Star Trek guy. Yes. Riker. And they showed like, they're like, we have evidence of an alien. I remember because I was like 11 years old and we're watching it on TV. 100%. Wait, didn't he make it out of something crazy? Yes. What did he make it out of? So he claimed that he found this footage or he got it from like his friend who was in the military. Yes. And like they filmed it and then like, they refilmed it on like different film and it was like blurry. And so he passed it off as like, this is alien footage, legit alien footage. And somehow I got to Fox and it was airing on Fox as like a made for TV movie. Do you guys remember seeing this? No, you don't. <laughs> It's on Netflix. Okay. It was like just the word. Like it looked like it was from like, you know, the 40s. Right. From like black and white grainy footage. And it was of this like alien who was like four feet long. With like the laying, big old head. Yeah, yeah. Laying on like this metal table. And, <laughs> and they had like legit people come on to talk about like, yeah, I mean, I can't discredit this. Like this looks like a legit alien autopsy. Wasn't it made out of like baby parts or something? It was made out of, um, yeah, like meat, Ew. like old weird meat parts. It was modeled after the guy's son. That's his so His 10 year old son. That's so my, okay. A little bit of a tangent, but my, my landlord thinks that he, <laughs> he was abducted by aliens. What? Yeah. He was in, um, the Vietnam War, like a fighter pilot or something. And he is convinced. He said that when he was flying once, he saw, or not abducted, he thinks he saw a UFO and that the government like told him to never talk about it again. What? He told me though when he when I was signing my lease. But You're he was the like, one person he yeah. told. <laughs> but he was like, yeah. And like after we saw it, we landed our planes and then they like the government came or like the CIA and they like gave us full body scrubs and like interviewed what? us and all this crazy stuff. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But he also has a pet possum. So like, I don't know what's going on. Mm, but OK, also. So, yeah. So in the 90s. Also movies that came out, Independence Day, Men in Black, Galaxy Quest, The Arrival, Total Recall, Alien, Predator, Body Snatchers. So I feel like that and then also X-Files being out can all kind of influence like the cultural 
zeitgeist in terms of people thinking oh yeah about alien stuff yeah and then we're super into the internet also and like javascript and people can start researching things and then maybe there you know there's this weird european i mean i know that zimbabwe is not in europe i think <laughs> but there's this weird aircraft. i think it's in africa yeah so i don't know maybe like the, the mix of all these things makes people yeah think that things that they see in the sky that could be like an asteroid or something like that they're like oh it's a ufo they want it to be that so they can be part mm-hmm. of this conversation Mm-hmm. agreed okay my other one that i thought was interesting have you heard about the tokoloshes no oh my god tokoloshes really? oh this is amazing okay so in zulu mythology in yes. this area do you know this? No, I've never heard of oh this. Oh my god, I know Tokoloshes. Tokoloshes. Okay, I know something you don't. In Zulu mythology, there's something called a Tokolosh, which is an evil goblin of Shona folklore. And it looks exactly like the aliens that these kids are describing. Oh. And it's part of their, you know, like community and traditions and kind of the stories that they might be told growing up right so some people think that maybe they were like telling scary stories or something it's kind of similar oh. to um uh, what is it like la la harona what's the other one where it's like the crying woman in other cultures it's a total but anyways mischievous mischievous and evil spirit that can become invisible by drinking water what? i don't know what that means but it looks when it's not invisible it looks just like how they're describing it's black with long hair and big bulging eyes so maybe they were telling ghost stories or something during that their recess like the origin yeah they were all telling ghost stories and passing it around or something and then it became this thing that like 60 kids during recess thought that they saw it because they all got scared it's also called the Zvikwambo, Z-V-I-K-W-A-M-B-O, if you want to look it up. Zvik, Zvik, Or Tokolosh. But doesn't it kind of look like what the kids are describing? Yeah, like they said, they said the arms and legs were super skinny and that they were wearing like a tight black shiny suit. Yeah, kind of reminiscent of. I, don't, I have a couple different theories. Okay, think- yeah, what are yours? Because they were ages six through like eight or nine. Yeah. I think maybe like one of the kids or a couple of them like had seen alien movies or yes. seen like UFOs and were like describing to the other kids like maybe they were playing a prank on them. Like we saw a UFO over there. Yeah. Like while they're, you know, at recess. Right. And then like. They just started telling all the kids, like, there's UFOs. The kids are like, there's UFOs over there. And you know how kids are fucking crazy. Yeah. How they, like, start to believe shit that they see. Right. And maybe, like, once a kid starts, like, running back to the school, like, everyone's going to follow. Yes. When they interviewed the kids, they interviewed them in groups. Right. Some of them were interviewed in groups. Some of them were interviewed alone. So in the groups, maybe one of the kid was describing like, yeah, it was a saucer. And another kid was like, it had lights on it. And another kid was like, yeah, yeah, it had it was a saucer with lights. And then I saw a little man. And then they just kind of fed Snowball. off of each other. Right. And then like once you say something enough, like you kind of start to believe it. Yeah. 
It's kind of, there is another theory that I read that it's also an elaborate prank by the teachers. I was thinking that too. Yeah, because all That's the teachers, all the teachers were in a quote unquote meeting Yeah, at the time. So what if the teachers decided to dress up or something like that and all the kids are over at recess the teachers like dress up as aliens or something yeah. like that come out scare the kids and do then something like, weird trying to maybe the, they're trying to do a lesson on technology and saving and pollution oh, that somehow goes that's awry a good theory. and all the kids get scared and then all like of a sudden they tell their parents they tell the parents the parents get mad and the teachers are like oh, this was a bad idea we have to just pretend it was actually aliens now <laughs> and then like researchers and, and they're like, getting oh, all this attention it's all on this the news attention. and they're like it's well, on the we news. can't we yeah. can't go back now yeah teachers already it's hard enough for us already we can't go back yeah i was thinking that this morning i'm like what if it was just a prank yeah it's probably a prank gone wrong that they can never go back they can never go back (laughs) yeah so that's another thing i thought like what if they're just trying to teach a really creative hands-on lesson about not polluting or like recycling right because if alien comes to visit you and the one thing you take away from it is it told me not to litter and it said our environment is gonna yeah it's like get off your cell phone and recycle like oh that's that's what an alien's not like it doesn't ask you like any questions to be fair though i feel like that's what an alien would say i mean sure (laughs) i feel like what else would an alien say yeah because i think aliens would have like i think they're concerned for our planet that makes sense i don't i don't know if they're concerned about us i think they're concerned about our planet that totally they probably see the ice caps melting from space they're like it's been 20 years the ice caps are shrinking we need to go down there and tell yeah these eight-year-old kids no one's gonna believe yeah that's interesting why would they tell kids (laughs) but also no teachers were outside during recess which i find crazy because they said there's at least 60 kids yes not one teacher is outside there was like someone manning the snack booth yeah like right. I find that weird like in school when I had recess there was always a teacher I outside. used to be an elementary school teacher oh. fun fact there should there should have been someone watching especially six-year-olds and like 10-year-olds and 60 of them yeah that's nuts there's a there's recess monitors or PE <laughs> teachers or something yeah it's crazy that there was not one adult witness yeah because they were they were either they were dressed, the aliens because they were the aliens um what was I going to say? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's probably that or another thing I thought was that it could be because it's like the warning about, you know, take care of the environment. Mm-hmm. That was what was so weird for me. It's like, you know, take care of the environment. You're all going to die if you don't. And like a really cryptic message to these kids. What if it's ourselves from the future? Like, <laughs> that's weird. That makes sense because... Of, like, the crazy things happening in the world, like, climate change is, like, a big topic right now. Yeah. And, like... I'm not saying it's, like, it was us from 2019 coming... 1994, no one was worried about fucking recycling. People were using plastic. No, not even close. No, I didn't really know what recycling it's, it was. It could be us from, like, when in the future we have to live on Mars. Right. And now we're coming back being, like... And we've probably, at this point, adapted... To living on whatever planet we live on now like True. we have to l- have black suits and our hairs whatever we have big rugby ball eyes and that's just what humans look like now 
Yeah, just very slim. Like we're very slim, <laughs> like actresses, <laughs> like actresses. And then I, our future selves came back to Earth to be like, "You need to stop doing this to our planet. You need to stop using technology. You're ruining the Earth." Yeah, that is a weird thing to say in 1994. Yeah, yeah, Netscape <laughs> and GeoCities websites and Alta Vista. AOL chat rooms were yeah. just becoming a thing. So my thing is that maybe it's our future selves coming back to us I to like give us a warning. I like that theory. I listened to another interview that Randall, the filmmaker, did with Salma, who is now an adult, and she was there. Okay. She said something that is kind of weird she she i'll quote it she said i knew it was something different something special i wasn't sure if the other people around me could see what i was seeing what i saw wasn't constant you saw it and then you didn't see it it was almost like my mind was playing tricks on me like hmm. that seems more like a vision or an experience or like something that you know happened right but she wasn't like, yeah, I saw a fucking UFO. It was a saucer and there's people walking around. It was like, yeah, this thing happened. And I remember it as like having this like religious experience or like this thing happening to me. I wonder if it could have been like drugs or a carbon monoxide leak. Outside? No. <laughs> <laughs> or did they all have balloons? Were they doing with it? Yeah. Can you have monoxide? a carbon monoxide leak? I wonder, I wonder what they had for breakfast. Maybe they all... We're eating could, like mushrooms. Could they have? Oh my god! Maybe they were all hallucinating. What if like mushrooms were growing? Because didn't they say that they saw it in a weird part of the field at the recess where it's like yeah, it was brush? like behind the school, like in a patch of grass. What if weird psychedelic mushrooms were growing there? <laughs> like, what if every episode we decide that our theory is that they're shrooming? I mean the yeah it could have happened what if what if they found mushrooms but can you all have the same trip well if you have one kid who's like there's an alien there's an alien and then like all the kids same hallucination start believing and then they start interviewing the kids and they're like yeah yeah I saw that too yeah oh my god mass hallucinations shrooms well mass hallucinations is like a thing that happens or mass hysteria where people think they saw something and then people chime in they're like yeah i saw that too and then like the more people that chime in the more like they believe it i mean i've taken mushrooms and shrooms i didn't have like spiritual experiences i just like saw the skin on my hand like move (gasps) oh my god soko mushrooms mushroom farming in zimbabwe (laughs) No. Oh my God! Wait. Oh, no. Oh no. Zimbabwe mushrooms. It was I in... cannot believe we just got to the bottom of it. I co-founded Soko Mushrooms in Ruwa, Zimbabwe. Ruwa. Yeah, that's where oh the fucking school is. Okay. How the hell these, where the school is? How three sisters are making a mark in the exotic business of mushroom farming in Africa. This is from 1994. Just kidding. No, <laughs> I know Joe has chills right now. This is a, a psychedelic mushroom farm oh, in Ruwa, Zimbabwe, Ruwa. which is where the fucking school is. Guys. 
And what I'm going to do as producer Maria coming in now is I'm emailing the Soko sisters, which are the mushroom sisters in Zimbabwe. So, Melissa, I'm using your name. No. Model Melissa Stedden asks. And then email. I'm doing webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Correct. And then the subject is going to be mushrooms. Mushrooms (laughs) equal aliens. (laughs) <laughs> oh no it's gonna go right to spam how, yeah how do we make this not go to spam Mush- mushroom. mushroom question mushroom Mush- question for podcast yes mushroom yeah. question for podcast they're gonna google my name be like who is this girl <laughs> what <laughs> all right guys go about your business i will write your this message and then right. i'll reread it to you guys it all, mushrooms are like a popular thing in zimbabwe really there's a facebook group called the zimbabwe mushroom association Zimbabwe's mushroom growing industry flourished in the 1990s. Come on. What's happening? I literally solved the case. What if these kids... Should I email the documentary guy and be like, I figured it out? I mean, yeah, why not? I should make my own documentary. (laughs) This is insane. Hi, this is the other producer, Amanda. Um, Also, I'm reading here that while um, mushrooms could be the cause of mass hysteria, a lot of people do believe that magic mushrooms are actually a gateway to a different world. So like if the kids had eaten magic mushrooms, it's possible that they could have been opened up to actually seeing the aliens that were there. Yeah. So also maybe it was like astral travel or interplanetary travel from the mushrooms. Right. It's possible. I mean... (laughs) I'm not going to say, you You know, it's not possible. It's probable. Probable. (laughs) Would you guys like to hear the message I'm sending? Yes. Yes. What does it say? Hey, my name is Melissa. (laughs) No, it's not. Yes, it is. Hey, my name is Melissa and I am the co-host of a podcast called Web Crawlers, where we discuss unexplained phenomena. While talking about the aerial school UFO sighting of 1994, we came upon the theory that mushrooms may have been a reason for what could have been a hallucination. We were wondering if we could set up a Skype call to discuss the mushroom business in Zimbabwe and ask you some questions. Thanks so much, smiley face. And please check out my modeling pictures on Twitter. No, <laughs> you did not put that in. <laughs> What is going on? Delete. <laughs> so this is it. This is my theory. This is what I think happened. I think that there is shrooms growing in the brushes. They, all the kids took the shrooms. That's why some of them were like so scared. They were having, some of them had a spiritual trip where they like probably were like, oh my God, we can't litter. And then someone was like, there's an alien. They're like, oh my God. And they just like mass hysteria. Because what did they all eat for lunch that day? They shrooms. all ate the same thing. Shrimps. They had shrimps for lunch. They had mushrooms for lunch. Okay, also mass hysteria is definitely a thing. I'm on I'm on um, a website that's 15 times people were consumed by mass hysteria. It's on viralnova.com, um, just so we, you know, cite our good research. Um, the first one is meowing nuns. What? Yeah. In France during the Middle Ages, a nun began inexplicably meowing like a cat. Other nuns soon joined her in the meowing until the entire convent was making kitty noises for several hours. It got so out of hand that the village had to call soldiers who threatened to whip them if they didn't stop. Back then, it was commonly thought that some animals, especially cats, had the power to possess people. 
There was the dancing plague of 1518. You see one person do something and then everyone does it. Like, haven't you ever seen those videos, like, in elevators or something where, like, one person starts doing something and then another person starts doing it just because, like... Yes. Yeah, they're just human psychological yeah, experiments that, that one guy on netflix uh he does he's a magician he does those, oh yeah he had um, that whole show that whole show oh yeah what was that thing he did what did he do where he would cast people to like be in the show and he would just have people sitting in a room yeah. one person would be the actor and he would like cross his legs or like he would stand up people would come in the room and they would just copy the person next to them because they didn't know what to do right yeah and i think um the woman emily who has the Instagram account with all the paintings of UFOs. Like, that's been her identity since this happened. Right. So, like, she really believes that she saw something and that has, like, affected her entire life. And she's really, like, embraced this lifestyle of being, like, a UFO truther, I guess. Right. Is what you'd call them. Um, So, Melissa, what's your final theory? I believe that it was all a prank gone awry. Interesting. So you think the teachers, the teachers tried to do something and then couldn't go back? Yeah, I do think that the kids saw something or at least one of them or two of them saw something. I don't know. I think I think the prank makes most sense to me. Okay, my my final theory the one that I didn't even come here with, but I figured out while we <laughs> were mushrooms. talking, is the shroom <laughs> epidemic. I think that the kids accidentally got into some bad shrooms and they they hallucinated a story about aliens. And it makes sense because there's a shroom farm right in the area. The Soko Sisters. The Soko Sisters shroom <laughs> farm. <laughs> if you have any theories about the... Uh, aerial ufo sighting um at this zimbabwe school please let us know melissa where can people find us you can find us on instagram at web crawlers pod twitter web crawlers pod you can email us web crawlers pod at gmail.com very cool i am ali siegel and i'm melissa stetton keep sleuthing sleuth sleuth till you get the truth yes Powered by ACAST. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.